0: you're listening to inside of you with michael rosenbaum if if you're if you're there um you're watching someone go crazy starting to lose their mind a little bit no i i woke up late this is a real boring story but uh i got a new mouth guard night guard for my mouth my teeth you know i grind especially nowadays i'm a grinder uh But I got a new one fitted and it was kind of like not tight like the other one. And I woke up, man. My jaw doesn't hurt. I feel like my neck's better. Could you imagine if I've gone through all this shit for the last five years and it was all because my night guard was too tight? A, embarrassing. B, embarrassing. C, hey, any kind of relief. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Continued support. I want to thank my patrons. Who uh, the patrons are awesome. I say it every episode, but you know they they really kick ass and they go above and beyond. Subscribing is unbelievable. I appreciate everybody who subscribes and listens and gives the podcast a chance and follows us on all our handles, our social handles at Inside of You Podcast. I think on Instagram, Facebook, and at, Insti- uh, at Inside of You Pod on Twitter. Follow us, subscribe. I'm the Michael Rosenbaum on Instagram give me some support I'm always support I'm doing some funny stuff on well some people think it's funny on Instagram some fun videos I do Instagram lives you never know who's gonna be my guest I like to talk to people I like to invite people on the Instagram lives the Patreon I do YouTube lives all that stuff Uh, and of course left on Laurel my music uh, the band's music is available everywhere free or if you really want to pay for it you can go to iTunes but why would you do that I mean you know it's cool I am waiting for someone, a surprise guest. All right, here he is. Folks, he's uh, zoom-a-zoom-zooming me. Should I admit him? Boom. (laughs) All right, let's do this, man. Dude, so Grant Gustin's on the podcast, as you know. Uh, you know, we, of course, talk a little bit about you. We talked about your bandanas. We talked about, I think, about, you know, your good looks. We talk about, you know, when you take a shirt off. You know, he's very humble. He's a sweet guy. Did you, what, what did you get for, out of working with him? What did you, it's the one thing that you take it like, Grant, I, I'll always remember this about Grant. I will always remember the first table read when we meet Barry Allen. It's got to be intimidating, man, because we're doing this table read, and he's coming in. He's playing the Flash, and it's his episode. And he comes in, and he fucking nails it in the table read. I, mean, I didn't even need to see what he was going to do on set in the table read. I knew, oh my god, they made the right decision. And then it was just really cool on a yearly basis. As- aside from, you know, aside from the two of us becoming friends, aside from us. Um, enjoying working together aside from us both being able to be very
1: honest with one another. Um, we had that ability, which is not super common. Um, it was really nice. Just going to his show once or twice a year. It was like a change of pace. It was nice. And the catering was
0: <laughs> Kittering wasn't as I'll good as arrows.
1: No, he was I just honestly man, i will just never forget working with him.
0: I love you more than anyone. You come back maybe every couple of weeks or whatever, just check in for a morning read. Yeah, sure, man. Give uh <laughs> give give Grand my love, say hi to LA. Hope that his brother and all of his family is uh doing well and doing safe and uh I miss his face straight up. All right. Well I miss you, buddy, and i uh, give the family a hug and I can't wait to hug you all right dude talk to you soon see you buddy inside of you is brought to you by sunbasket boy do i need these guys right now right now sunbasket is offering 35 dollars off your order when you go right now to sunbasket.com slash iou and enter promo code iou at checkout so without further ado um, stick around afterwards, and uh, please subscribe to the podcast uh, if you haven't. If you're a Grant fan, I know you're a Grant fan. You're here for Grant. I love it. But, you know, give the podcast a chance. Um, I think you'll learn something, even if, even if you don't know all the uh, the guests I have. Uh, I appreciate your support, and I hope you enjoy this. Let's get inside of Grant Gustin. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Now, I fucked it up. It's Gustin, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> How many people call you Gustin?
1: It hasn't happened in a long time, but I used to get it growing up all the time.
0: Really? Did you hate it? Did you hate when people mis- uh, mispronounce your name?
1: I mean, I, I don't care now, but as a kid, it, it, like, I feel like that kind of thing bothers you more. Like, I had a baseball coach that always called me Gustin, and like that's all he called me. He didn't even call me Grant. He just called me Gustin.
0: Gustin! Let's have a little more hustle over here.
1: Yeah, and that wasn't great.
0: Were you a good athlete?
1: No, I wasn't a great athlete. I played baseball for a long time, and I was pretty good at baseball. But, like, I I ironically hated soccer because of the running. I thought it was just ridiculous to run back and forth and hope for the ball. So I quit most sports other than baseball until I was, like, 1415 I stopped baseball and it was like all theater
0: I mean you're Barry Allen you're the flash so you've you got to be athletic you got to run you got to look good running there's a lot of people that don't look good when they run my mother is one of them
1: this is true yeah no I I danced for years and years and years I guess that wouldn't necessarily help me with running but like I'm pretty aware of my body and I'm a pretty I'm a pretty decent looking runner
0: <laughs> you are you know how to run you know the stride
1: yeah well I, they also actually before the pilot I God, I can't remember his name. I was working with this like Olympic track and field sprint uh, coach that did that coached Olympians and and running backs in the NFL and and he helped me with my gait and like kind of what my arms were supposed to be doing with my legs. And so I, I did have some technical training before the show started.
0: Now there's a thing where you know, for instance, when when Tom Welling on Smallville had to uh, you know fly. I mean he didn't really fly, but you know, super speed or whatever he did, there was a certain look. Like if he went with his gut, it didn't look as good even though it felt right. So like could you put your arm here or can you do did they have to sort of like go, hey, I know this seems like you're stupid and really awkward, but this looks better when you do this.
1: I actually and not to like toot my own horn, but like on a regular basis Uh, directors and sometimes even the cast will that's the thing I'm complimented most on. It's just like, man, you really know how to move your body. I really think it's my dance background. Like, so and honestly, like when a director or somebody comes in to show me do something, I usually have the thought, like, please don't do that again. Like, they usually look pretty (laughs) awkward. that's one thing I have a pretty good grasp of it's like how I'm supposed to look with a lot of
0: my that's good. There's nothing like a good looking runner you know yeah. someone who just strides just like that's what they want for those commercials for like well, oh, and
1: you we don't run often a lot like sometimes for full you know body shots they'll have me running but like green screen stuff i'm generally in a fixed stance and like doing my legs really hard and a lot of the times we'll do just the first step and other speedster guest stars and other people that run that come in you sit, tend to see people do same arm as leg like when you step forward you do the same arm yeah no, i no, no. but like and
0: then I always show them like trying to run like that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, Grant Gustin is teaching me how to run. Uh, unbelievable. He's been running for what, like five years? And he just knows how he is the flash. What's, what's the major difference? I should know this because I didn't realize this. I, I, you know, when I'm, cu- when I'm saying I want to talk to you and interview you, I, I have thought about it, but I certainly haven't thought about it in a while. But then I'm like, wait a minute. All right, I played the flash animated, uh, but I was yeah. Wally West. You're Barry Allen. For an audience who doesn't know you, briefly, like, what what what's the difference?
1: <laughs> Between Barry and Wally? Right. For well, someone did, who doesn't I know. Early on, felt like our interpretation of Barry was kind of like a combination of the comics, Barry and Wally, because I was a little younger. I wasn't really the age Barry usually was. And we did a lot of kind of quirky, awkward jokes. And I think that tends to usually fall more in the Wally realm. Um, yes. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's, I, I'd be, hard, it'd be hard for me to say, because I think where we landed with Barry, at least initially was somewhere in between the two. Right. And we've kind of grown into more of a, I'm 30 now. I was 23, I think. When oh I was my cast. God, dude. So like, I've grown a little more into a mature kind of leader version of Barry. I'm not quite as awkward on a regular basis. We still have me kind of going there every once in a while, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's I, it'd be hard for me to answer that just because our Barry has never been like the typical, like, comics
0: Barry Allen. No, it honestly doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I mean, I obviously watched you. I don't, I don't like, watch superhero shows constantly. I mean, I was on one. It doesn't mean I'm a huge fan of one. I right. am. I'm a fan. I, I love the world. I feel like I'm part of something that's very, uh you know, popular, especially now. And I feel like Smallville definitely was one of those first shows that spawned all these great shows like Flash yeah. and Arrow and Supergirl and all this but um were you a fan were you a real fan and by the way did you do research like i'm gonna study all the people who played barry allen or i'm gonna did you watch justice league uh and, uh which my you know the show that i was on dc uh, what is it called fuck i've Unlimited. seen
1: episodes of it i mean i grew up like a, a big superman fan i didn't really read uh, comics growing up like um they weren't it was before digital obviously when i was still a kid and it wasn't I didn't know where to get comics. My parents didn't know where to get me comics. But I was a big fan of Christopher Reeve and that whole franchise. Right. Um, and uh when I started doing Flash, or when I was cast as Flash, the research I initially dove into was like reading comics because I hadn't done that. So I got like Comicsology, the app, and was I think <laughs> New Fifty Two was brand new at the time. So I was reading like all those and. I still revisit the comics sometimes now. Um, But again, our show is like kind of its own thing. So it's, you know, you were on a CW show for years and it's CW is very much its own thing too. So we're, it's just its own tone and version of the character.
0: I landed Lex Luthor at 26 years old. You landed uh, Barry Allen flash at 23. Now, I certainly wasn't mature enough to carry a show at 23, let alone 26, let alone maybe just recently. I'm able to maybe do that. So when you first find out, you know, I'm going to play this character. First of all, were you like, I'd much rather play Superman or are there other characters that you'd rather play? Because it's probably true. Flash is probably not top two or three on your list.
1: I mean I used to grow up like arguing with one of my best friends in high school who was a big Flash fan about about why Superman was you know so much better than the Flash. So for sure was wouldn't have been like if I cl- like had to pick a superhero at the time. I mean he's grown into being one of my I mean probably up there with Superman now just because I'm so emotionally attached to the character now. Um but I don't think I also was you know at the time like no, I'd rather play Superman or Batman. Cause I'm not, I never even thought I'd get to be any superhero. Right. I'm not necessarily like, the, you know, isn't that the tight? reality?
0: We, we don't yeah. like Like who would ever thought, like, honestly, I, I never thought that I'd be Lex Luthor, let alone anything. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure like, you, like you were a talented guy. You did, you did a Broadway tour. You've acted your whole life. You've done all these things. You've had early success, but, uh, if somebody would have said to you when you were even 23, before you ever got the the script, or even in an eight, as an 18 year old boy, a little boy, hey, you know, you're going to be the Flash. You'd be like, yeah, fuck no. off. Can you say, Flash? Yeah, show? I mean,
1: I would have been, I wouldn't have believed it or been in denial about it for sure. I mean, even when, when I got the audition, I didn't want to go because I was like, I'm not going to get it. And I get a lot of audition anxiety. Um, and, you know, I, if I, if I, I don't want to waste my time or their time. And the breakdown even was like 20, mid, 20s to early 30s or mid 20s to early or to mid 30s um and again i was like 23 and looked like i was 19 maybe and uh i, I didn't want to go to the audition at all because I, I thought it was so irrational to think that i could book it well
0: you know that's exactly with me i was like there's no way i'm playing lex Luthor. no one's gonna cast this guy i'm i'm a i'm a i'm not a joke i'm, I'm kind of a joke i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a i'm look at me yeah, and my friends yeah. even said that they're like, "Dude, no." And then you know what? You know what? You know what happened, Grant? We fucking zoned in, man. We turned yeah, we turned was, the volume up, I mean, and we you, proved it You them worked
1: wrong. with David Nutter, right? Oh man,
0: he did yours yeah. too, right?
1: Yeah, he the did pilot. our pilot, and he was in my second audition, I believe. And he called me after he had seen my tape. My initial issue with uh, David Rappaport, casting director, and. Really early on, Nutter was like, I want you to get this. You're going to get this. And that from then on out, I was like, you know, tunnel vision honed in on, on getting it. Because he had this belief in me that I was, and it made me have belief in myself.
0: But like, you already had some chops. You were still young. But at least, do you think without that theater background, you'd ever be able to make it through this?
1: No. No. I mean, I, I, I till, still to this day, I mean, uh, I... I don't ever like even take my sides to set rarely. I'm very like obsessed with like the process of like getting the scenes down. And, and that's definitely my theater background. I mean, I, I I really drill not just like memorizing it, but the scene work and it's not, you know, hopefully I do much more challenging stuff throughout my career. It's not like it's uh, nothing against the writers. They do an amazing job, but it's not like it's the most in depth, like, Emotional actor work on a regular basis, but I take it really, really, really seriously and and really prepared.
0: And, um, I did too. I'm, it's almost too much. Like I, 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 yeah. I, I want to be too good. Almost I want to like. Yeah. I don't want to. I work so. Yeah, I worked so hard that I thought I'm like most people don't do this. I can't. Does anybody work this hard? And that's obviously yeah. silly to think that. But I, I you know, yeah. it was torturous actually, especially in the first yeah. seasons, like just trying to prove everybody. Like I have to prove myself. And do you feel like you just want to know these lines inside out? You want to just be able to go on set and like, it's a play and let's go.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I've come a long way with, um, taking a little pressure off myself, not taking it as seriously at times. I mean, I've never let up on the work, but I, I've, I've always been really hard on myself and I still am. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I've put way too much pressure on myself early on and gotten my way a lot. And I think my It shows in in my opinion, at least in the work, like how like wound up I was and how focused I was on getting it right. That You know, it it gets in your way for sure.
0: Do you do anything before you're doing your lines? Is there something like, you know, I remember Jesse Eisenberg. I was doing this movie that no one saw called Cursed, Wes Craven. And I remember every take he would jump up and down and, and, and spin himself around right before action. And I would do, there were certain things I would do to get, if I had a certain scene, but he was doing this like just yeah. all the time. And like, it was, a, it was a yeah. way of doing it. I'm like, Hey, whatever it takes. Do you have a, I don't know if it's a tick, if it's a, so I, cause I developed ticks from doing shit, kind of working myself up. Is there something you do or you're just kind of zoned in, relaxed and let's go. Um, well,
1: I'm not necessarily, I'm, I'm way more relaxed now than I, I used to be. I still have days that I'm really anxious or stressed about, a really tough scene or emotional scene that I really want to get right. Like I, like you said, I mean, I still sometimes will have that feeling of like really wanting to prove myself to just like the crew, like the people on set, that are actually, there watching. Like I really find myself thinking about like, what's the audience going to think about this. I'm thinking about like who's <laughs> there watching. You yep. Know? Yes. And that's the theater background, I think too.
0: Yes. Um, it's almost like yeah. the, uh, like uh, instant gratification, that instant response. Like I remember JD, does JD, you know, JD? Does he ever he on the flash? did our
1: pilot. He did Arrow for Great hour, but guy. He, we always still talk when I'm on the Arrow set. So was on the Arrow set. But yeah, Great dude. Flash. Yeah.
0: JD, I remember just like I remember one episode early on. He just goes, "Hey man, I'm really good man. All right, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah." And yeah. he gave me a thumbs up, and I just wanted that thumbs up all the time. Yeah. And when I didn't get yeah, it, I was there's like, "Only JD? a
1: handful of crew members that like I think feel like." or that i have that relationship with but yeah i mean it, they, i don't think they realize how much that means to me when one of them come up comes up to me after a scene it's like yo, you crush that like like i mean it means the world it
0: literally. does right they don't th- they think oh they don't want to hear i think they're thinking they don't want to hear from the grip that they're they're good and we do
1: oh um, i carry it with me for i mean forever like i usually come home and tell my wife about like yo, i'm like you know still like buzzing from like i've seen and i like Neil, the boombox came up to me afterwards, and I was like, "Yeah, crushed that." Like, like, it means, <laughs> yeah, the
0: world to me. Yeah, you don't care about EW writing an interview saying Grant crushed it. You want Neil. You want. Yeah, that's. I'm exactly to the eat. same way. <laughs> yeah, I feel that same way. Whenever I'm on a set, I always want to know people's names very quickly. I always want it to be like a family because I think it's for me. It's safety. Like I feel like if I, if I trust them and I could fail in front of them and they could just pick me up and I could yeah. be there for them. That there's something I don't know if it's a good a good thing. It's just kind of what I do. That I just I want to feel safe when I'm doing my work. That I know people are rooting for me around me.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it's like it goes back to like not even just theater and doing shows, but like like acting class in high school and college. And it's like that's what the relationship that I had with my acting classes. You know, it's like you need to be feel safe enough to fail, and that. You're gonna receive constructive criticism, and we're gonna pat each other on the back, and we're gonna learn from each other. And it obviously like a boom up isn't gonna, gonna come up and you give me constructive criticism about my scene, but like right. you do want it to feel like a safe place, and like I can try whatever and and look stupid, and then do get it right on the next take or whatever.
0: When did yeah. you know it was gonna be huge? Did you see the pilot and go, okay, this I'm gonna be doing this for a while?
1: I mean, I hate to say that, like because I had never even done a pilot and i I now know like how unlikely it is for pilots to go to series even, but I, I, maybe it was really, I was really naive of me, but like I, you know, I was cast on arrow first. It was two episodes of arrow and I was supposed to do a third episode of arrow. That was going to be a backdoor pilot, but um, the character was received so well, they decided to do a pilot, a standalone. And, I knew from then I was like, well, we'll get a series just cause it's the flash. And it like, I never thought like, it was never about me. It was just about like, I'm so lucky that I landed this and there's no way the flash won't at least get a season one, you know, right. Like, coming off the heels of arrow. And I mean, maybe it was naive of me, but I just, I, I thought at least, th- you know, three to five seasons felt like a given just cause it was such an iconic character and, I was for sure ahead of myself, but I mean, and then meeting Tom Cavanaugh and, and being a big fan of Jesse L. Martin before we all came in. I mean, David Nutter called me to tell me Jesse was doing it because he knew what a big musical theater nerd I am Right. and freaked out. And Hannah Baker, I mean, I, she's done all kinds of things, but like specifically I remember when I was younger, like her being in and sky high and I was like, man, this cast is like insane. And, um, yeah. I had faith really early on that it was going to, we were fine shows can be around for a while
0: you know i could always tell who's had a good upbringing in terms of like close with their parents or you know were loved we're supported were uh, parents are proud of i could just tell i just know these things and i could tell with you that you had a good upbringing am i wrong
1: no i mean my, my parents aren't together anymore but they were both great parents they're yeah and i mean we had a great um family in general i'm still close with both my siblings i talked to my dad not as much as i talked to my mom but i talked to both of them all the time super
0: supportive proud of you love you whatever you do is good as far as it
1: comes to me and my career and like my this journey i've been on they've always i mean i didn't finish college i first of all was getting them a bfa in musical theater which is like not a real thing that's going to help you in the world and they were very supportive of that it was an expensive school at elon university which is not to belittle a bfa at elon it was An amazing training and i'd recommend anyone going on that path if they you know want to do theater or be an actor at all but then i dropped out to do the tour of west side story probably tour of west side story and like had support from both my parents to to do so and it's led me here so
0: the most beautiful sound i ever
1: heard I was a jet, so I didn't have to really sing at
0: all.: When you're a jet, you're a jet, all the way yeah, from your you first cigarette at, to yeah, your you know, last dying day. What Is that <laughs> bad? Sorry. I, I love musical theater as well, and you know I read somewhere where you said, you know you always wanted to do Broadway and then maybe TV and film, and yeah. it's sort of been, you know, except for the, you know you did the Broadway tour, but you've sort of switched positions. It's sort of like TV and film and career, but you always want to end up on Broadway.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I I just when I was growing up and I was doing theater my whole life was theater from like I started doing it at 10 um and at like 14 it was like exclusively like my only hobby and what I did outside of school and then um yeah my whole life was just about musical theater and around like 18 19 I knew that like acting was kind of more specifically uh maybe what I was best at or wanted to follow that path and um like huge i saw hugh jackman and the boy from oz uh, when he was doing that on broadway and i knew that he was like a he was a movie star essentially already and i i thought like oh do my theater path find my way into film and then once i get like big film jobs i can just go back and do theater like hugh jackman and i mean and somehow is lucky enough to kind of be on that track now hopefully now like theater can be waiting for me when flash
0: is over well i mean it it sounds like the i mean it sounds ridiculous either way you put it i'll become a movie star then i'll do theater and then you know i I mean no it's it sounds like it's absolutely that's i think you have to have the mentality of like this is what i'm going to do and people will say these are the odds and this is this I, i i don't know how many times people said dude come on there's so yeah. many great actors out there. I, I dude, You don't understand. It's, I know I'm going to do it. It's right. something you just know. And that success doesn't mean I'm going to be this and I'm going to, it's just that I know, I know innately that this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. Not yeah. Yeah. should I do this? I don't know. I like it. It's cool. There's more of like,
1: Yeah, I, mean, I remember a conversation in college I had with a friend that I'm still friend with, friends with and has had a lot of success on Broadway on its own now. But I remember at the time, like it almost like it, he was frustrated with me and like I was almost getting under his skin that like, cause I'm not a cocky, like overconfident person by any means. I actually am like very insecure a lot of the time and, and be myself very self loathing. <laughs> but like you said, like, I mean, I was like, why would I be doing this if I didn't think like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be on Broadway. Oh yeah. I'm gonna right. be able to do this. Like, why would I be, why would I be doing this if I didn't believe that I'll have success
0: Yeah, that's what I don't understand. I think there's some people that, you know, I have friends that just like, I know, I just want to do this. Should I do this? I don't If you're saying, should I, or I don't, then there's, then there's no, there's only, there's those people. I want to be a doctor. I want to save people this is what I want to do. There's not like, I don't know, should I be a doctor or should I be? I think you get to a point where like, I know what what I'm destined to be, whether it's doing theater in a small town and not making any money or becoming a movie star or whatever. This is what I want to do.
1: Yeah. And I was fine with that. I mean, I also knew that that was a possibility and I knew I would have been happy, like doing regional theater in different like states and cities all the time. And like knowing that I was following my passion and I definitely pictured that life sometimes too, you know, was the, the least successful version of what I wanted to do. And I was fine
0: with that. Inside of you is brought to you by rocket money. I love rocket money. You know why? Cause everyone should have rocket money. Cause it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money, it's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You, and you did it. You told I me found, I got rocket money. <laughs>
1: okay. I found one. It, I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God, it was embarrassing.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're terrible. charging you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had – I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L slash inside. You know, I support this theater, Public Theater of Kentucky, PTK, and, you know, they always have problems, and, you know, keeping the theater alive is not easy, the arts. And, you know, I try to be a part of that. And, um, you know, and I try to help raise money and I'm on the board or whatever. And but I always think cause it's, you know, the PTK public theater of Kentucky is right where I went to school and it's right there. And, you know, they have a museum there and they have the Lex Luthor coat there. I donated all that. And it's a museum. And, but I'm always like, God, I want to go back one day and do a play. It just keeps getting further and further away. I did so many plays in college and I remember the camaraderie that the feeling right before you go on and putting on the makeup and going over lines and doing the stupid tongue twisters. And getting the I always used to get the stage like an hour early because of just nerves and to walk the my, my part where I'm going and this is when I'm going to say this and sitting in the corner and there is something freaking cool about that there is something that you can't really it's you can't describe it right
1: yeah no I mean I missed it like I mean you said earlier that instant gratification is like one thing it's like hold on my dog is crying oh uh, <laughs> come here this is my 14 year old dog and he once he
0: starts crying it's oh uh, yeah you can um, hang out with us.
1: Yeah, it's lunch or good. No, yeah, I mean, I, when I was doing West Side, I mean, it was a lot of dancing and a lot of warm-ups and stretching involved, but I was there probably two to three hours before the show every day. Jesus. You have your rituals and your routine, and, um, yeah, stop. Um, <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's fine. Okay, okay. We said hi. Right, all right, I'm going to send him out because he's just going to be really loud. Hey, go on. LA, call Jeff, please. Um, what were we saying? Yeah, no theater. I just, I miss that process for sure. I mean, there's nothing in TV is like the process of, you know, the rehearsal process for a show or the live experience of actually putting on the show. There's nothing similar about the two.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I see your parallel of like, not our parallel, because I'm a lot older than you. Well, I'm, I guess I'm 17 years older than you. I could have had you if you think about it. I don't want to think about it. But, you know, you think about the parallels of like going, Doing theater, going through college, and you know, I thought it like you know, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get married, I'm gonna have a kid, I'm gonna do this, and you know, I'm 47. I'm still well, I'm single, and I've done all these things, but it seems like you've done so much so early. Broadway tour, you know, you did the Glee thing, which was really cool, and then boom, catapulted. Here you are, the Flash, and. And you're married now. You might have a kid. Who knows, right? No kid,
1: yeah, but yeah. You that's... might.
0: You have a dog. It seems like you have a. Ha- it seems like you've got your shit together. Unless I'm missing something, is there, is there something mean. that you're just? Is there something that you're still? You know, people say content. Are you content? Or I don't think I, you know if I'll ever be content.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I'm definitely. I know how. I'll... I'm very aware, especially in certain moments, how lucky I am um, and how differently things could have gone up until this point. Um, But you know, I also like there's plenty when it comes to my career or life. There's plenty of things that I feel like I've missed out on. I mean, what have you missed out on?
0: What have you missed out on?
1: Like I mean, during the flash, I mean, not to say that like my it's been so amazing. But what we're seven years in now in War Six, we finished six years and the past. Four hiatuses. Now I, I have had a hiatus project that has fallen through because of flash. So I feel like there's a lot of other opportunities out there that have kind of gone, like film and stage that have gone away because of schedule conflicts, you know? Um, so you just can't have everything. I mean, but, it's just, it's been all flash for six years, which I know, you know, all too well.
0: Yeah. But I, I think that, you know, if you look back right now, I definitely don't have, I mean, I'm sure people say I don't have regrets. In fact, my uncle got tattooed, no regrets. I'm like, fuck, that's a lot. I don't think, you know, I, think, I don't think that, you know what I, I, under that you should put like a caption, like, eh, not entirely true.
1: Yeah. 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 Because we no, all have I mean, regrets I have regrets, though. I mean, I, don't. I would never trade off where I'm at right now to be somewhere else in my life or in my career. I mean, I have like, I think one thing I really struggle with, we were, you know, my wife were talking about it recently and me and my mom had the conversation all the time. She's the one that really pointed out to me. Like, I have imposter syndrome for sure. Like I don't think I ever deserve anything that I get or that like I am not, you know, worthy or I didn't work hard enough for it. Or someone else worked harder or was more talented. So like, that's something I struggle with all the time, you know, um, just being like, okay with where I'm at and feeling like I worked, I deserve it. And, or earned it um, but like i think that's one thing that really makes me feel lucky all the time is i don't know how i got to where i'm at like almost ever like even when i was in west side i mean i should have been a junior in college at the time and all my friends still were and i was living all of our dreams and like doing the Broadway tour of west side story and like i every day it was like why me man like how why why am i so lucky and i've kind of every step of the way I not like that. For sure. I,
0: I can tell you why. That, that's the thing that's hard because when people's perception of you is obviously different from the perception you have of yourself. Obviously, you, you know, I'm talented, this and that. But like I look at you and I'm like, it's a good looking guy. He's really talented. But all that aside, the best trait about you from just knowing you, and I think which is the most important with anybody, is who they are as a person. People see that. And if it translates, they want to be around you they they like you you know you're very likable that's i mean that's that's a huge thing i always tell the story of uh, james Gunn told me the story and he directed guardians of the galaxy and so in guardians yeah. of the Gal- galaxy 2 kurt russell they uh, kurt russell was telling the story about escape from new york and the director john carpenter was like you know i don't know they just want me to make the character snake pliskin more likable that kurt russell plays and he goes why i'm likable I'm just a likable guy, and I think that's true. And so I think yeah. that's kind of like—isn't your? Have you ever had those moments where you're like, I don't know, the I don't know, Barry seems kind of like a dick right now. Too much of like a like, you know,
1: Barry's a dick all the time. I mean, <laughs> pretty frequently. Yeah, it's I mean, true. He is. He's he is for sure. <laughs> I, you
0: know. So you can relate to that, but you're innately a likable dude. I'm sure you could play a dick and a weirdo. and You could put an eye patch on and kill somebody in a movie, and people are like that guy's an asshole. But there's something yeah. innately likable about you. And I think it's humble oh. for you to say that, you know, uh, you know, do I deserve this? There's a lot of other actors. I've done that. Some, my whole problem is I never fit in. I have never felt like I fit in. I feel uncomfortable around a lot of celebrities. I yeah. put on an air of like, look at me, I'm confident. I'm, you know, and I could turn that on, but, yeah, me too. but the reality is, is I'm always kind of going, Oh shit. oh shit, I, Cause you want to be liked, you want to be accepted. And that's, I've, I've talked about that. Do you, have you ever dealt with, a? You know, anxiety in your life, any kind of depression or any kind oh, of... Oh what- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I've since, I mean, a re- really young. I mean, since probably four or five, I've dealt with like anxiety, depression. Like I, I've had real, I had really weird, anxious type dreams as like a really young kid. And, um, I mean, it's. I don't want to get too into it, but like we we before we got married, we started doing couples therapy just to like. You know, be ready for marriage before there was really nothing going on in the marriage, and then all kinds of things for both of us start to like come to the surface. And as good, present couple, and like as individuals, and all kinds of. I mean, I I was I knew I had always dealt with anxiety, but putting like you know getting pinpointed ideas about where things started and why you were feeling that way. I mean, anxiety is ever present in my life for sure.
0: Well, you saw what happened with, with Steven, you know, obviously we've yeah, talked about it a million yeah. times and I thought that was so brave. And like, I think nowadays you could sort of talk about that thing, especially in this show. It, it, it just, it, without a doubt, I didn't know this was going to happen, but it, it helps. It just helps people. They're like, Oh my God, this guy's so successful. He's so and he deals with anxiety. How does he deal with it? And it's just like, you know, you're not saying this is the answer to fix your anxiety. This is like, this is what I do to help me. So when you say, Hey, I went to couple therapy because I wanted to be a better husband. I want to yeah. be or a, a, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better man. I want to be better on this. And I think just talking about your shit with someone who could be objective and someone who could just... It, it's just... It, how could it not help? If someone's professional, yeah. obviously. I mean, I
1: would recommend any kind of therapy for anybody, for sure. I mean, it's been really helpful in my life. I don't do it enough.
0: What's the thing that's the, the most... The biggest thing in therapy that you found that you sort of heard acknowledged embraced worked on it and you're like wow that helped me exponentially
1: I mean just in my relationship and I'm still working on it and it in moments it it helps and in other moments I like forget to think about it but like I'm not always as good at just like really really listening and hearing what's going on with my wife because she's more level-headed than me and more calm and less stressed out and I'm always talking about what's what I'm stressed about or like and I just think like oh if she's got something going on she'll share that with me but you know we're different and she needs me to like talk to her and like ask her what's up and and really listen and hear her work I'm I'm thinking like oh she'll offer it up if she wants because that's what I'm doing constantly like I can't ever shut up and she just isn't that way so in our relationship that's been huge and it's something that I'll probably be working Mm -hmm. on until the day I die honestly
0: (laughs) (laughs) dude I'll tell you what That right there is fucking profound because, you know what? If it doesn't help anybody else, it helped me just now because I am like this too. I don't know if it's because, you know, um, sometimes we're selfish, we're this, we're actors, we're fucking, we're in our heads, we're thinking of a million things, I got ADD, and so we're constantly open about everything that's going on where most people aren't. So we assume they're
1: her to be that way, but she's just, yeah, she's not, you know, we're different.
0: We assume they're fine, but, but we need to stop for a moment and go, all right, I need to fuck off for just a minute. And how are you seriously? Because I'm (laughs) a self-indulgent prick.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think of, I don't ever think like, Oh, I'm a, selfish person or like i'm all up in my own feelings because like i am constantly also worried about her and other people and what's going on in the world and it's not like i'm just thinking about me and my problems but like my anxiety is like kind of are right at the forefront of like everything including our relationship instead of like i said finding out what are her anxieties or what is she thinking about what is she feeling right so it's something i'm definitely working on <laughs>
0: Dude, that's awesome. I think that that's sound. It wasn't even advice you gave, but it's, I guess inadvertently it is. It's like, you know, listening, it's hard. It's like t- sometimes just to take a minute and go, I want to say a million things right now because yeah. it's so, it, and just not saying anything and just going. Talk to me. Just yeah. tell me everything yeah. you're thinking it's an exercise yeah, it's me
1: on set too i mean because like we said like i and it sounds like you're the same way like i cared a lot about getting things right and then sometimes i think like there's no way anyone around me cares as much about getting it right as i do so then i start to project that and i've like especially earlier on i used to you know i'm i don't i'm not a dick but like i can get stressed out and like be a dick in moments because i really care about getting it right and and I think other people don't. And I think I've come a long way in my flash journey of knowing we're each dealing with our own shit. First of all, we're all stressed about the work in our own way. Um, And trying to keep my shit to myself a little bit and be there for other people a little bit more instead of assuming like they're not feeling what I'm feeling, you know,
0: this is fun. Yeah, man. It's easy, right? You having a good time? Yeah. I like this. You know, it's funny. Cause I tried to get you on a long time ago and you were in, in Vancouver and I go, oh, I'm fucking pestering. him. now I'm the guy who's pestering. him to do an interview. I used to be the actor. No, I remember was- and I
1: felt bad, but like I didn't, I don't, I think I, we touched on this when we were talking in emails. Like I generally, I don't have the excuse right now that I have my work, but like, I'm always like, I say no to everything because the work is so constant and I just want to stay focused on it and, and do it to the best of my ability. So like, I rarely do even like, not just podcasts, but like interviews or like a, appearances i don't do a lot of conventions like i just don't do a lot of extra stuff outside of the work in vancouver
0: did you think in the beginning they were sort of like young kid we'll take advantage of them interviews this 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 because eventually you probably stepped up going all right i think i could say something now you know what no 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 i'm gonna sleep in
1: i mean not really to be honest that like i said I let it stress me out more and then still said no, like season one and stuff. But like, I mean, I did some stuff early on and thought it was really cool. Like I went to New York a lot for a lot, like more than I do now, The first couple of seasons and was completely stoked about it. Cause like my brother lives there. A lot of my best friends live there. And, um, and it's, you know, it's cool to do like, you know, it was Kelly and Michael at the time, like the live with Kelly and Michael and like good morning America. And like that kind of thing's cool. I haven't done a lot of it. Um, I, I did like Seth Meyers, I think one year and like, it's, you know, I, it was really cool. Like you see those shows and that that's like a, I feel like uh thing where you're like, oh, I've made it. Like, so it's not like, I don't think it's cool or I don't want to do it, but I really do care more about making sure I'm prepared for my scenes when I show up on set. And if I feel like that's going to take away from that, then it's not hard for me to say, you know no no i don't i don't have time for that and it's not bullshit it's just like i really don't have time to fly to new york this and
0: we've got a huge week next week and i need to stay here and get ready for it yeah you do all the crossovers and shit and i've talked to steven yeah. about this and i'm like and danielle i i i, I don't know it was hard enough to do doing one show but when you're just doing all these i mean how i mean you probably think they're cool when you see them but shooting them probably isn't that much fun i'm
1: guessing it's interesting. Cause it's like the idea of them is like not fun at all to like you, like, I feel like some people might say the opposite, but for me, like thinking about doing them, you're just like, I don't want to do it this year. Like, it's so, like you said, it's so hard. It's so hard to make one episode of television for eight days. And, and we're making three to four episodes of television over the course of like three or four weeks. And, um, with production schedules that just don't make sense. And like, there are moments where like, it's insane and just not human the type of conditions and hours that we're in but like i i'd be lying if i said that it wasn't like some of the more fun more memorable moments didn't happen like during those crossover shoots um you dread them a little bit but then when you're there and it's like melissa and like brandon ralph and steven and like we're we all like are so different but have all these things in common and we're just like never get to see each other and you're laughing constantly and it, it's fun too i mean it's hell and it's like the most fun you have. how many
0: suits do you have how many flash suits do you have and do they start to smell after like a day of wearing that shit
1: yeah like a, yeah like one time wearing them and they, they do their best to clean them but they, they stink i mean i on a regular basis we on location and i take pictures with fans that are waiting on set like i i like it's like i'm sorry i'm sorry
0: I have that I'm a bacteria infection. Here we go.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. like geez, it's smell not like yes Brie to today. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it like right now with the current suit that I have, I want to say there's probably like two hero suits and maybe a third that like we constantly like mess up with like pick points for harnesses and stuff. But sometimes I only have like two or one because one gets destroyed and i'll have to get a pick point in that with a harness and then like that day they need to or like while it's on me they're like stitching it shut because we only have one suit so it just kind of depends on like what week it is to be honest
0: what's the one broadway show right now that comes to mind that you would love to do you'd love for it to be your first broadway show when you're able to do broadway that one broadway show that if that was it
1: i don't know i mean like i don't know that's a hard question because there's I, first of all, I don't get to see a lot. I used to get to see way more before I was doing Flash, but like at any given time, I don't, I've seen like nothing that's open on Broadway. Um, I, Darren, Chris, a buddy of mine, you know, that I'm sure you know of, because he won like every award you could win like two years ago for that Versace show. Um, but he was on Glee with us and and he was great when I came on Glee and probably more than anyone else, like knew, he was from the theater world and knew that like I had done nothing helped me understand what everybody's job was and really helped me feel welcome. He was about to do American Buffalo with Lawrence Fishburne Ooh, and Sam Rockwell. That's heavy. Um, and I could, I don't think I've ever been as envious as I was when I saw that announcement. I'm actually like, like currently I'm reading all kinds of plays right now. And that's what I'm reading right now. Is American wow. Buffalo. Um, so the, a straight play is I think more now what I'd love to be doing. Um, I got to see to kill a mockingbird this past season and, had a couple friends that were in that and i mean that would be another like, it was with ed harris at the time and like something like that i can't even imagine getting to do can we do like, a but, mice uh, and
0: men and, and i'll play lenny
1: yeah you're gonna have to gain like 30 pounds but
0: i could no, that's gonna be tough <laughs> i try to gain it goes to my face now that i got this beard i, I said you know screw it i'm growing a beard for a quarantine i see you're growing a beard and you're yeah, probably trying, you, yeah. right uh and you know i finally i got the e- the email hey dude i love you your beard looks terrible
1: no it looks it looks good
0: well this is a bad angle i'm a but... beard
1: guy too though like i like beards on, on like all dudes so i think beards are cool i'm always jealous when steven grows a beard i think his beard's really cool like because yeah. like, chin part grows like really long.
0: <laughs> that son of a bitch he's like perfect you I said know. something. We were actually
1: watching New Girl last night, and it was his episode, and you took his shirt off, and you're just like, he, I think out loud, I was like, Jesus Christ.
0: Son of a bitch, I can't get away from this. <clears throat> you, you said that. You said you wouldn't wear, uh, you told Stephen Amell, I won't wear a T-shirt on camera with you. you. t around him, I, yeah. I have to wear a blazer, because look at you. It's true. It's like, I've always been thin. I've always been not really buff, and then I always had Tom Welling around me. So well, whenever I had to do a scene, like, I go, you have to give me two months notice so i could work yeah. out so hard that i kind of look good
1: yeah i don't even do like you know we're not a typical shirtless. CW show in that respect with like the lead being like beautiful and shirtless all the time like i really early on was like i did a few and then i was like all right guys like i'm not i'm not taking my shirt off anymore like <laughs> that's not me that's right. not who you got um i'm like honestly during this quarantine it's the most i've worked out since flash started just because i have time now yeah
0: i'm starting to like work out i'm cooking for myself and i like the beard i think you look good with a beard nice more astute you know what i mean yeah Well, here's the, the surprise was the fucker, Stephen Amell was going to pop on. And he was like, you know, his thing. And he's been like, I want to come on. Can I come on? So I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So he's going to probably do an intro. He's going to okay. do an intro. Is there anything you want me to tell him?
1: That I'm envious of his beard. His and body. Him, and his bandana, his quarantine bandanas are really something special. I don't know if you've seen them. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been on his, his thing.
1: quarantine wardrobe. I'm like, is this like the Palm Spring effect? Or like, what's going on? Like, it's like. <laughs> it's a cool it's a i mean i'm not it's cool it's like just not i've never seen him look like that <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> these are some questions from uh some fans um from my patreon mary b it's called shit talking with rose Mom. they're quick you can answer them quick if you could go back in time with no worry about the butterfly effect what historical figure would you like to meet yeah
1: uh christopher reeve Even though he's not really a historical figure like he, he that was probably one of my Early, I guess he is kind of but that was yeah. like an early 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 hero for me and what happened to him was just so tragic and I know he made a whole second life out of it was able to inspire you know all kinds of people and, and do all kinds of positive things but it was just awful and I, I was devastated when he passed away so if I could have known him in his prime and like even gotten to work with him or something I mean that would have been that would have meant a lot to me. You got to work with him did? as you're saying that I just, he was on
0: small. He was on it? Tom had his scene. He had his scenes with Tom, but I did get to meet him. And I went to a Christopher Reeve foundation event in Puerto Rico. And I got to present him a, a blanket signed by the cast at, at um, Madison square garden for like a, a charity hockey game. And yeah, I kind of, I got teared up, man. I just got, got emotional. I mean, I just said, Hey, I, I was on Smallville. I didn't get to work with you, and I'm really bummed about that. But uh, I love you, and I've always loved you and, you. and just thank you for being a true Superman. And, and uh, he was just awesome. And we just sat there, and he said a few words. And, yeah, talk about like talk about facing the most adverse, just facing such horrific circumstances and then going, I'm going to keep going. And I'm gonna be yeah. better and I'm gonna do more for people. And I'm gonna be a better man than I ever thought I was. I yeah, mean he I mean, so probably
1: p- touched more people's lives because of his accident, which is crazy.
0: Ugh. Yep. It's crazy. Uh Jeanette, what do you miss most about the Tidewater area? Lived in Portsmouth many, many years. She did.
1: She did, yeah, cool. Um I don't know. I loved growing up there. It felt like it had everything. I mean, the Tidewater area, Norfolk, Virginia beach was the, the cities that I spent the most time in, um, it is really different from like Virginia as a state. And, uh, uh, I mean, it has the beaches, you know, it has like the city, small city, but and I had a really normal, happy life for the most part growing up and it's a cool area. I mean, I'm a big, uh, tides fan the norfolk tides we like go to those triple a team we go to those games a lot and just the governor school where the performing arts high school that i got to go to growing up was really special is a really special place and um just trips to the beach with friends and just you know simple life of being a teenager
0: <laughs> nico p who's your favorite 90s character i mean you were born in 90 but who's your favorite there character was. the one thing you remember watching going ah, i just i'd like that
1: the first thing that just popped into my head, I thought was um, God, it was Zach Morris. Zach Stay Morris. Say by the Bell. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and Corey. Cor- What's Corey's last name from Boy Meets World? Matthews.
0: So you watch those shows? Oh yeah. Sweet. Did you watch Smallville? You
1: didn't. I didn't actually. Sorry. I was on. a big Superman fan, and I, I think because of that, I didn't. Of course, like fuck that,
0: <laughs> Rozzy. What was your uh, favorite memory so far in the flash? you Remember one moment where you're like, I kind of couldn't stop laughing or I cried. I got emotional, something where it was just that, that moment, that night, something happened and you just were like, or just you, uh, whatever.
1: Um, I mean, there's, there, there's a specific moment that like, I'll never forget. I mean, honestly, the first thing that came to mind was just like times with Tom Cavanaugh in general that like we can't stop laughing just like bits that get stupider and stupider as we go but like funnier and funnier and then we're like we remember for weeks and like sometimes like when they're really funny like some of these crew members that compliment us on scenes will like come up to us and be like man I was telling my wife about that bit you guys were doing and, like that's so gratifying too to hear like yeah. man our bit made it home with like a crew member <laughs> to his wife like um, but a specific moment Uh, I'll never forget was the season one finale and shooting the scene uh, to this day is maybe the best scene I've shot on the show where Barry goes back. He thinks to save his mom from getting, um, killed by the reverse flash and then stops because he realizes he has to let it happen. But then he gets to have this moment with her oh. as she's dying and Barry's like an adult. And she has the moment of recognition and knows that it's him and doesn't understand why, but accepts that it is. And had this crazy emotional scene. And I mean, I I'll never forget shooting that scene or the like subsequent hours at home after where like, I couldn't shake it. Like I, I was in the shower, like still just like, hysterically crying like my mom had died in front of me for real. Like it, like as an actor it was just something like I still draw from.
0: Yeah. When you can draw that, that is just like the most powerful thing ever. If you could use an experience to get you somewhere there's, I mean,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I think for well, the reason I always still draw from it is like that storyline is still present with Barry on the show. So it's like, I don't have to fake, I've never lost a parent, but like, I don't have to fake anything when I do that storyline, cause I really have those visceral, like emotional re- reactions to thinking about losing Nora Allen, Barry's mom. Cause it, I, I felt like I experienced it like for real. Like it wasn't like something I read in the script.
0: Did you, uh, maybe a stupid question. Did you feel like calling your, your mom after that?
1: I think I did. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I told her that, I mean, it was crazy. Like I probably cried talking to her about it that it was like, I really felt, like I experienced losing you, like it was. Oh. Yeah, I mean it was crazy.
0: You know, Lisa asks. You know, you go from uh, a villainous character like on Glee to uh, a hero character in The Flash. I mean, what's what's harder to portray, and which what do you like better? You like playing the hero, or you you like mixing it up? You're an actor, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'd say like it'd be fun to play a villain just because I've done so much Barry Allen over the years. But uh, it's I also uh, you know loved getting the opportunity to play this character that's just like innately i mean has his flaws but it's just like so good and like so well intentioned and um he he has his downfalls and faults at times but like really puts other people before himself and and i've learned a lot you know from barry over the years and i, I love playing barry um so yeah i don't know i mean it's i i, I definitely want to shake things up outside of Sure. Flash and play other kinds of things but i i also would you know i like playing hero it's
0: rock cool. rock says what's your favorite musical i mean we kind of went into that you said play maybe american buffalo kind of see but it's hard for you to kind of but musical
1: yeah yeah musical i mean you ever see blood my, brothers the I'm, I'm the most like emotionally attached to is west side story just because i did it for a year right and uh yeah it's the only one i've done for that amount of time but like I, i've had a lot of great experiences with Musicals over the years, and there's a lot of things like even like campy, silly ones I've never done, but always loved and wanted to get to do. It's like Hairspray. Like I always wanted to play Link Larkin in Hairspray. Like, I got Matthew Morrison. I think was like one of my early Broadway kind of heroes, and uh, that's always been a role I've wanted to play.
0: What music like in the past? And this isn't this is a This is just me. I'm thinking. I'm like, do you? You have to. You're musical. You're trained. What do you sing around the house?
1: Like I, I don't want to hear the new lot. stuff.
0: I want to hear. Do you sing any 70s or 80s? or 90s, something I I would know. I
1: used to sing way more. I think, like, when I left musical theater and started doing Flash, like, unlike Melissa, who, like, things pop into her head constantly, whenever we're working together, she's always singing obscure musical theater references. Um, And she's now married to my buddy, Chris, who was a musical theater major with me at Elon University. Oh, God. So their whole household is, like, musicals. Like, my wife, like, wishes she could sing but cannot sing at all and, like, knows nothing about musical theater. so I, it's, like, I, I've kind of, like, left it behind me a lot these past few years.
0: But I mean, um, like, 70s or 80s music or 90s or disco. or something. the thing,
1: s- if I was just, like, music music that I sing a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, ha- I haven't recently, but, like, I've always loved Jason Mraz. And, like, I can sing his whole catalog. Like, if we're in the car and I put Jason Mraz on, like, 120 songs can be. What's that Fish her? song? Like, how do you know this
0: one? <laughs> What's the like, Fish song? Fishing or fishing i don't fucking know this what's the one jason morass song? the fucking what's the one song that you just it always goes through your head you just start, every once in a while i just start singing it
1: okay i mean I, I don't even like the, they don't even need to be going through my head i just like if one comes on i'll just start singing it and, like i don't even realize i'm singing it. like i know all of his songs i mean
0: um i get it you're not gonna I mean, sing it's fine
1: no i'm not gonna sing
0: <laughs> but do you, you warm up and shit when you sing right Um, i
1: always was bad about that even when like i used to sing on a regular basis like uh, that's like dance and singing it's like i never i was always pretty good at both uh more dancing than singing actually but like i hated going to ballet class i hated going to dance class i hated stretching and warming up like i hated doing vocal exercises to get ready to you're a rebel but when it comes to acting like i like the preparation and like that's when i kind of started to realize at 18 19 20 like it was more where my passion lay. It was like really focused on like trying to become a great actor. I didn't care as much about trying to become a great dancer. I just kind of was good at it. Do you get
0: nervous? Do you get nervous for auditions? Do you get nervous for uh, that audition? Do you get really like in your head? Does it take you like, I need to take two to get into it?
1: Not always. Usually I like, even when I make tapes actually at home, I, I don't harp on it. Like I, I like to do it in like one and done sometimes two. Like I don't do them over and over again. Um, but like I get nervous, like even like Comic-Con, like I can't eat the morning before Comic-Con. Like when I'm really nervous, like I don't eat during the day. Like it's really bad. Like it's one of the reasons I'm so thin, like anxiety rules my stomach. Me too. Um, I've actually just in the past few, like six months or so, that's started to change where I'm like eating more, working out more and like my stress levels are a little lower. Um, but yeah, no, I get really nervous and it like di- dictates my appetite for sure.
0: I love it. Well, dude, this has been this has been incredible. I, I, you know, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, and uh, I, you know, I heard so many good things about you from. I mean, everybody. There wasn't anybody. Hey, wait, wait there's there's this one person. Who's, no, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Everybody's like, you know, this is this is a normal great guy who works really hard and is pleasant to work with. I mean, you always want to hear like, you know, we're humans. So I'm sure there's times on set where you, you ever you don't throw a Christian Bale, but do you ever fl- flip out? That why are we, we filming? You. You ever do that? Yeah,
1: And I, like I said, I've gotten a lot, I've gotten way better. I mean, I pretty much don't do that anymore, but I used to like season one, season two, I had in my head that like being an and season is season three, probably being a number one was like part of my job was to keep the day going and to like, cause I knew the show better than like the guest director or whatever, but like, I didn't have enough respect for guest directors the first few seasons knowing that like they had done this a lot more than I had done it and they knew what they were doing right. um and uh, yeah I had gotten into my head from you know partly from myself partly from other people telling me that like I'm the only person they're gonna listen to if I tell them to, like let's move you know why aren't we shooting why aren't we shooting and like I came to realize that like that type of behavior only didn't it didn't help but it, it stressed me out more like I don't oh, want to yeah. be that guy yeah but like I had at times become that guy and I don't do that kind of shit anymore. Like I, you know, I'll have yeah. conversations with the director about things that are going on, but I tend to not publicly declare things on set anymore.
0: There's <laughs> something to be said about you know. I think we've all done that. We've all like anywhere. It doesn't have to be acting. Or whatever you you know you. It's just a waste of energy. It's like this right. day. What what am I saving? Ten minutes? Twenty? Right. I'm probably losing, and it's just causing me grief and stress. Yeah. Let's just. I'm here to film, let's just film.
1: Yeah, I mean, I that was the biggest downside, honestly, of having the lack of experience that I had when I started doing Flash was, and then suddenly being the number one was, I think I could have learned watching other people like that did it the right way, that I don't, you know, it doesn't help it's just wasted energy to come in and like think that you're helping the day move along by like declaring that like we need to be moving it's like everyone knows that we're <laughs> we to get be it moving. you're 23
0: yeah, like, years old too by the way you're you know you're, i'm telling you i don't know what would have happened if i would have like i mean i was 26 and thank god i wasn't lead i was second to tom but you know uh but i had been working for a while i i just feel like I wasn't ready for, for to to carry a show and to kudos to you for like being able to do it especially like the stress and the anxiety I've got a, the whole show's on my back and you could start really thinking about these things and that's also what I've learned now is just stop thinking about t- tomorrow you really honestly it sounds stupid just think about today right now what do you have yeah. to do I have to do these lines I have to be as great as I can and that's it I don't have to think about these other days right now because i'm going to stress the shit out of myself right i think that's i think that's probably what you eventually did was just okay i'm here
1: let's go yeah i mean really just in the past like year year and a half like i realized you know i I could be a lot easier on myself and that's like the whole production if like i didn't put so much pressure on myself to feel like my number one role like entailed more than it actually entailed which is just learning my scenes and being you know the most Prepared, friendliest person I can be.
0: How many seasons left a, a flash?
1: One on my current contract, just season mm, seven.
0: That's going to be a tough one when they throw money at you and they're like, hey.
1: Yeah, the conversations actually had started already for adding a potential eighth and ninth. Um, and then this pandemic happened and everything has stopped. So, And we don't know when we're going back. And we didn't finish our last, what should have been our last three episodes, two episodes of season six um so and it's and now we're not i mean we might do those scripts when we go back for seven to lead into what we were going to film anyway i don't really know what the plan is <laughs> um but we don't know when we're back and i don't know when we're going to continue the negotiation talk so i don't, you don't
0: know what yeah right well there's two the also there's two thoughts too uh one well if i do sign on for a season eight nine you know, I'll be fine for quite a while. I might have a family, blah, blah, blah. Maybe this, then I won't have to worry as much. The other is like, you know, I've done the show long enough and I made some money and I just want to go do my own thing. So it's kind of that- Yeah,
1: there's both sides to it for sure. And like like we touched on earlier, the thing that makes it hard to keep doing it is like, I really have lost like three films in one theater opportunity that were like locked, set, ready to go. And then those things had to push like two weeks and my whole hiatus is two and a half months. So like they had to recast me. Mm-hmm. um yeah and that's hard to deal with that's hard to swallow and then I had another one this hiatus and then this happened so like that movie's not happening obviously um so it's yeah yeah it's, we'll remember, that's the frustrating part yeah
0: well remember this too anybody who's like you know you you got your friends you got your whatever but I love my my agent he's, he's nice and you know, the guys at the studio everybody's nice and the but everybody's gonna be like this is what you want to do this is how you want they, because everybody gets money everybody makes money so yeah. just make sure whatever decision, you know how to do this. Just make sure the decision's in your gut. This is what I want to do. I, You'll there's know also,
1: it. like, I don't think a wrong decision. I mean, no. listen, I want to do more, too. Like, I when I went into this, like, to the amount of seasons that you guys did, like, nobody gets to do that. So, like, to nobody. reach that milestone, there's also something incredibly, like, we, man, we did that. And um, I don't know. I mean. I'm glad too, that I was like locked into the contract that I was locked into. Cause like we were talking about those earlier stressful seasons. Like I, if I could have, like, there were plenty of crew members that like walked after season two. Like I probably would have also, cause I was just like, this is too stressful. Like this is too hard. The Ooh. hour's ridiculous. Like I would have just walked after yeah. season two if I wasn't like locked down. Um, but and then, I'm so yeah. glad like this, la- you know, that I've been on the journey I've been on and, I'll ride it as long as I can.
0: Probably. Yeah. And you got great fans. I look at the comments. I look at the love. I love the support The I go to the cons and you know, the fans are honestly what keeps, keeps it all going. I mean, without yeah. them, it's, it is, it's just unbelievable. Like small Oak is over 10 years now and it's still, I go there and there's a new resurgence on Hulu and I meet these kids and it just, it just, it's just such an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing to have. I mean, who would have thought? And like, you have millions and millions of fans and, yeah, uh, I mean, like I
1: get to be the Flash for the rest of my life, which is you know pretty
0: special. And I get to be one of the animated ones.
1: Yeah, no, you're like <laughs> a lot of people's favorite Flash. I only did it, like, two I
0: seasons, was, and I was animated. I don't know. I see that
1: a lot, though. I don't like, know I how it's surpi-
0: a look. It surprises me because I was. I, it's just my voice. I know people love it, and they're like, "Oh, but but you're you embody you're the you're the the physical and the. The, you're, you're the. I mean, I, I love, I love it. People love
1: you as the Flash, though, man. Well, I, I love mean, I you as the Flash. The I see you on the like best Flash lists all the time. Well,
0: look at my followers. I think they like you better. All right, you got <laughs> a lot more followers, buddy. But uh, look, I just appreciate uh, all the fans. And today, like, I really appreciate you for coming on. And hopefully, when this is all over, one day we could we could hang out. Um, you know, I'd love that. And uh,
1: yeah, come in and do it like an in person inside of you too, next But <laughs> that would be inside. great
0: down the road. Hopefully this will clear up and we won't have to zoom it up.
1: Yeah. But hey, got us together. Yeah, man.
0: So, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you, my friend, and uh, good luck with the wifey and the dog, the 14-year-old cutie. What's the dog's name? Yeah. Jim? I
1: actually
0: have a tattoo of him. Oh. <laughs> uh, dude, that's great. It is
1: not amazing?
0: Oh, that's cute. <sighs> I, I gotta get a tattoo of mine. Mine's like 12. Irv, he's getting old. Yeah,
1: I've okay. had him. He's the most, con- since I moved to LA, Is the only thing that's been consistent
0: the past 10 years yeah you gotta just love as much as you can man because you know how much longer do i have it's always like yeah, you know
1: no, i've literally for like four or five years i'm like you could die anymore. any know, i know it's fucked
0: i hug him and then when i get mad i go fuck you could die any minute i gotta that's macabre i shouldn't yeah
1: all right
0: dude i love you hey thanks so much for this yeah
1: man thank you
0: all right pretty fantastic uh thank you grant for being so open and uh you know when he talked about uh Therapy with his wife, and you know, people don't want to talk about that stuff. But I think it's starting to happen. Podcasts like this, podcast other podcasts, the mental health thing—the it's you're just gonna get better. You're just gonna feel better. You have these people who just don't want to talk about stuff. And what happens? You think that they're gonna get better? Oh, I'm just gonna deal with it myself. I'm gonna ignore my wife, or uh, I'm just gonna. Ah, man, come on! He's brave and he's awesome for doing that. This is how you uh, how relationships survive. They actually talk about their issues. My parents never talked about shit. I don't think they went to a therapist, did they? I mean, obviously they've been divorced forever. Uh, big shout out to my uh, patrons. As I always say, without these folks, uh, the show just wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be as good. Uh, truly, truly, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Those who pledge when they don't have to, who give a little extra. Uh, and by the way, the Patreons, they know you, you get a lot of stuff. I try to respond to you. I try to you know, do as much as I can. YouTube lives, extra bonus footage inside of me. I'm always working on stuff to uh, make you guys happy. And uh, it's a community. So if I don't get back to you right away within a couple of days, you know, it's I try. But uh, it's, it's so fun. And um, check out Patreon. And here are the top tier patrons. Nancy D, Mary B, Leah S, Trisha F. Sarah V. Yukiko. Love Yukiko. Jill E. Brian H. Lauren G. Nico, my maid man. Barry I. Angelina G. Lee. Jerry W. 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 Kevin R. Emily K. Bob B. Bob B. Bob B. Bob B. Not Bobby, but Bob B. Robert B. Board. Dex, Jason W, Tiana, Andrew C, Allison L, Mark A, Jason D, Chris Raj, Raj, Sean W, Joshua D, Emily S, CJP, Rox Raccoon, Samantha M, Hamza B, Stacy Beth, Carly T, Vanessa in the Sky with Rosie, Reem, I just like to say Reem. Jennifer S, Janelle B, Neil W, Tabitha 272, Kimberly E, Melissa C, Mike E, Mikey, oh, that's cute, Jake M, Jake M, Catherine M, Catherine M, Jack S, Jack S, not Jack S, Jack S, Jack, I love you, buddy, Carly S, Judith D, Ramira, Ramira, I love it, Ramira, Chris F, and I just want to say, boy, excellent. You know, uh, thank you for all the letters from, from fans. Remember, you could, you could write in uh, hello at insideofyoupodcast.com. I eventually get these, and I do read them. Now, I don't read all of them online but uh, on, on the podcast, but I do read them. I think you know that about me now. And by the way, I've been going around and, uh, you know, doing my due diligence. So if you see little messages or responses online, I do look at those. They may take me a long time, but I respond. Sometimes I respond right away, sometimes I... But I reply. And I'm trying to get other people to listen to the podcast, so... I don't know, spread the word, guys. This one's from Seth. I just want to thank you for the podcast. You know what? My brother died when we were kids. He was hit by a car in front of me. (sighs) No one was watching us. I like to think that's when my life took the course it took. I grew up okay. Considering my mother's deeper dive into depression, drugs, and neglect. I was raised by my father. That was a better experience than living with my mother. I grew up feeling very alone and doubtful of myself. I'm just thankful for your podcast. It shows me what makes other people tick. What others went through. What helps others and how they think. Your name is on a thing that is going going to live forever. Your name is on a thing
1: people will talk about forever. Seth. I uh,
0: I would just leave it with that. I'll leave it at that. Seth, Um. you know, what I got from this letter is it's, you know, so things happen and uh, they're out of our control. And it's how you deal with them. And, you know, not to be cliche, but, you know, you you can sink. And by the way, no one's going to look at you badly if you do. But you could also swim and you could also do whatever it takes to be the best you and live for your brother and, um, you know, people have bad upbringings and neglect and this and that. And I think that I try to think of it as like, you know, Obviously, we could sit there and say what we're grateful for, and there's lots of things. And if you do that, things are gonna—it's gonna help. And also, getting help is important. But I think if you put things into perspective, like—and uh, remember, I'm not a doctor, Phil. Here, I'm just saying what I think. That's all. But we get one life. As far as we know, we get one life. That's what we—we we know. We don't know what what else there is out there. So if you think about it like that, no matter how bad things get, this is it. So if it's it, and you're like, I hate this, I just keep thinking it will get better. Hopefully you have a long life, right? A lot of people live to 70, 80, 90, who knows? But you never know what tomorrow brings. You never know what little golden nugget is right around the corner. And I think that's what keeps us all going. You know, we just got to know that
1: tomorrow is better. And we just have to keep looking for that golden
0: nugget. Sometimes we have a golden nugget in front of us. We don't even know it. We don't even realize it. We're not aware of it until it's too late. But I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. But this touched me. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, Seth, is it, it touched me. And um, thank you for this. And I hope you're doing well. And I hope you, uh, um, you found that little golden nugget. And I hope you're doing well. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, patrons, uh, we'll be doing an, uh, a YouTube live with you uh, soon again. And uh, thank you for all the support. Spread the word. If you guys want to join Patreon, if you're not, check it out. You can go to Patreon and go to Inside of You podcast. Uh, a big shout-out and thanks to Ryan Teas, my editor and engineer, and my friend, friend, then engineer and editor, friend, then ed- editor and engineer. I love you, buddy. You're great. I appreciate all your hard work. Hopefully this thing will blow up eventually. Um, thank you, Bryce, for all your hard work you just bust your ass and do so much wear so many hats and uh I I just don't know what else to say you're amazing Jess I love you uh we haven't seen each other a lot because of this whole quarantine a couple times stopping by and just dropping shit off at the front or whatever but uh thank you for all your hard work and helping me um pursue my dreams and uh thanks everybody make sure you subscribe send uh send stuff out send (laughs) send a link send a link to everybody you know and and tell everybody uh online store inside of you online store has merch for left and moral we got new t-shirts coming out very soon inside of you they might sell out who knows they're pretty dope i think you're gonna love them and yes we got black everybody's why can you get black t-shirts yeah we got black t-shirts ethan I love you, Ethan. Big shout out to my friend, Alex Fadovich, who always listens to the podcast. My friend, Troy, all my friends, all my Patreons, all my everybody, even Uncle Dave, who's now listening to the podcast. I love you. Thank you for allowing allowing me to be inside of all of you. And until next week, so long.